the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, Clark Hilton, our lovely engineer across the glass. And in the studio today, three of our guests have returned from the group for the joy of it. We have Lori Sheffield, Joy Roberts, and Julie Widman. And because she's protecting her hair, I'm getting a kick out of Lori holding her <laughs> headphones underneath her chin instead of over her head. But that's okay, because it's about joy. And if keeping your hair straight brings you joy, then Mike, it's enjoy all, it. It's all about the hair. It is about the hair? <laughs> that's a good, it's a good thing to have you all here today. Okay. Nice and straight up okay. on the mic. There we go. Okay. And hopefully that headphone's not in your way. And let's just point it, point it to the ceiling. Let's try that. Point my microphone towards the ceiling? Uh-huh. Okay, is that better? Oh, much better. Okay, there, there we and go. And look, your hair is still it- perfect. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so it's all good. And something else that's all good is the fact that we love to bring shows to you, our Portland audience, not only that are entertaining and informational, but hopefully, ideally, that will point you toward a God who loves you. And when I first bumped into For the Joy of It, it was through our friend Amanda Goff of Silver mm-hmm. Keys Media. Mm-hmm. And basically, Amanda was saying, I got this group you just have to meet. And it was the three of you. And then we found out things that we had in common, like your uh, your church, for instance, being Lake Bible Church of Jim Andrews and the Final Word, one of my very favorite preachers that we have on the air. And as much as I love the national speakers that we have on, think about the powerhouse, the J. Vernon McGee's, the focus on the family types. I firmly believe that when we have local transparency and accountability, it gives a greater option to just engage and plug in with each other. And and if the goal is to sharpen each other, to strengthen each other toward Christ, I believe personally it's a lot easier to do in person than remotely. So let's start off with you, Joy Roberts. We call you the founder of For the Joy of It. Could you give our listeners basically a 30,000-foot overview of how For the Joy of It began in the first place? Yes, I can, Mike. First of all, thank you for having us again. It's such a pleasure to be here. Um, For the Joy of It is a ministry that was founded out of the hearts of women desiring to bring women together for the joy of it so that we could build each other up on the foundation of Christ and really for the purpose of living differently so that we don't just hear the Word of God, we actually live differently because of it. And so when I think about um, For the Joy of It actually started as a blogging site, just a way to capture thoughts. And, and ideas that the Lord was placing on my heart. And over time, I've been involved in a women's Bible study with Lori and Julie for many years. And we happened to go to a, a conference in Atlanta. And this idea, this stirring in our souls that for the joy of it was really supposed to be a ministry happened in a parking lot in the middle of Atlanta. It was dark and kind of sketch out at one o'clock in the morning. And we had we were holding hands and we were having this time of prayer. And and Julie says to me, 
Joy, I want to feed the sheep. And I said to Julie, we can't feed all the sheep in the city of Portland. We cannot seek and save all of the lost. I said, but we as a corporate body of women can reach so many more people when we come together on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And and when we come together, our very lives become a testimony that point others to the saving knowledge of Christ. And so from that, um, we begin to pursue what this ministry would look like. And it's all about prayer. Our heart, like our big picture vision, is to, first of all, have prayer, and secondly, to have a platform where we can promote the activity of Christ in our city. And the last one is that we get to participate in a whole series of events that bring women together within the city of Portland. So one of these ways to reach out will be on a very new radio program that the three of you will be hosting together, and I'm very excited about For the Joy of It coming to KPDQ. But another thing that you guys are really good at would be the in-person events. Mm -hmm. So, hmm, do you have anything coming up that our listeners might be interested in? Oh my goodness, we have a really exciting event coming up. We are hosting an IF Gathering, which is a worldwide gathering. These gatherings are happening across the world. Thousands upon thousands of women are coming together. And in Portland, we just get to have a small gathering of a little bit over 100 of us, and we hope there will be more that will join us. But next Friday night on February 6th from 5.30 to 10, and then all day Saturday, February 7th from 9 until 5.30, we're going to be meeting at Westside Christian High School in Tigard. And basically, it sounds crazy, like, what is if? And we've been joking all week, are you still iffy about if? And what's if? You know, what yeah, is it? How many bad puns Right, there's so much. And so we were, we were just trying to explain what is the if gathering. And really what it is is just a gathering of women to come together to have live worship, to begin a time of setting our hearts on Christ. And then what's going to happen is there's an actual conference happening in Austin, Texas, that ha- is bringing together all of these amazing speakers like Christine Kane, Jeannie Allen, Ann Voskamp, Jen Hatmaker, Annie S- Angie Smith, who was just actually here in Oregon last weekend. But these women are coming in Austin, and they're going to be teaching, storytelling, inspiring, and encouraging us. And we get to watch over a simulcast, a live-streamed event. And so we get to just sit there in our chairs with popcorn and, and have a time of listening and learning. And then what's really unique, I think, about the IF gathering is conversation time. And so we will have the opportunity to meet in small groups after we learn or listen and have time to dig deep into God's Word with women together through conversation, laughter, and friendship. And so we're really excited. We hope people will check it out. We're speaking with Julie Widman, one of the For the Joy of It team regarding the IF gathering, which will be at Westside Christian High School in Tigard. That's that lovely school off of 99W and 217. There's a good sushi place around the corner from there, by the way. Oh, good to know. And that'll be Friday, February 6th, and Saturday, February 7th, to unite women throughout the city, build them up in Christ so that they can live their lives for the joy of it. Mm-hmm. More information can be found on the website, joyofit.org. And I was talking with Pastor Charlie Gessler earlier this week, and he gave me a term called Portland Nice that we were discussing earlier which is the fact that when we come to the Northwest, and keep in mind I'm I'm a transplanted New Yorker from six and a half years ago, people are generally nice and polite, but it's real tough to engage and get to know them outside of uh, 
the exterior. It's really tough to break into someone's life intimately when they've lived out here all their lives. Their parents and grandparents all knew each other. And uh, I don't say this as, as, as a knock on the Northwest, which is now my home, but I just say traditionally the people I've met in the Northwest are slower to notice new people, much less have a heart to engage with them. So anyway, so Charlie Gessler came up with this term, Portland nice. And Julie, earlier on today, you shared another one with me called notionalizing. Can you tell me what you think of notionalizing? Well, I think think notionalizing might be part of the problem of, you know, forming authentic and genuine friendships because we are all not socializing because we've got iPhones and iPads and different things in front of our faces all the time, and which I am guilty for, for sure. But um, when we're socializing, we're not socializing. And so actually, I think that that is one heartbeat aspects of, of the joy of it is that we are seeking friendships and relationships with other women that can be authentic, real, and genuine because we know that only through those types of friendships can you really dig deep and, and get to the place where the Lord's um, word goes from head knowledge to heart knowledge is through those conversations. Well, the three of you are relatively outgoing in my eyes, at least. Did this come naturally? Did God put some experience in front of you to really point you toward that or what? Well, that's that's our, I think our, the heartbeat of our for the joy of it. We are all about relationships. We love relationships, and our one of our favorite relationships, and kind of what started us doing this together is doing this together. We just saw power in being friends and um, and doing ministry together. One of my favorite stories is um, how we started and um, building each other up. I I've been teaching probably the longest because I'm the oldest member of the team, and. One time I was getting ready to teach, and Joy <laughs> said to me, um, I started just feeling anxious, and I just didn't want to go do it. And we kind of know each other's stuff. We always know what the other one's going to teach. And, and Joy came to me, and she said, Lori, are you, are you feeling okay? Are you feeling ready to go? And I said, no, Joy, I don't think I want to do it today. I'm just, I'm not going to do it. And I had decided all on my own, I'm giving up. I think I'm going to quit. I'm just not going to do it. And I had it reminded me of that, you know, Rogers and Hammerstein version of Cinderella, you know, in my own little corner, in my own little chair. I just decided I was going to go do that. And Joyce, can you sing that for us? I, I, <laughs> yeah. no, actually, no, she's not allowed to. Would sing. you like me to? Because <laughs> no, I'm don't really let ready. Sing. I, I'm ready, and um, and I actually really had decided I was going to quit ministry or do something else besides teaching and going in front of big groups. And Joy, very nicely, um, because she has that really nice, calm nature about her, said not. to me, said to me, she grabs my face really calmly, and she says, "Lori, are you going to throw up?" And I said, no, I don't think I'm going to throw up. And then she kind of turns my shoulders around. Now, you have to recognize that Joy is all of maybe 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. I'm 5'10". She whips my shoulders around, grabs me by the back of my hands, pants, and marches me up to the stage. And she says, then, sister, you get out there and you do what you're called to do. And that's just kind of how we work together. We're all about relationship, but it's in the trust that we have in each other and the relationship that we have with each other that we're able to do the, what we do together. Laura, you're so sweet. I, 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 you know I'm a track coach at heart. I do know and the, so I was track. like, grab yourself by the bootstraps and, mm-hmm. and go where God calls you. I think Lori paints this picture of something that all of us struggle with as women, and that is perfection and comparison. And so Lori was battling that whole idea. Unfortunately, mm. Joy was happy enough to push you forward more with For the Joy of It, Joy Roberts, Lori Sheffield, and Julie Widman coming to KPTQ with their own show very soon on Difference Makers on True Talk 800.
You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800, and the trio we have being our guest experts in the studio today are just so much fun. For the Joy of It is the name of the ministry. And the funny part is that Lori Sheffield and Julie Whitman have not really let Joy Roberts get a word in edgewise. <laughs> so we're going to go to you, Joy. Tell us about this IF gathering and what really set it apart from other Christian women's events, which made you need to engage with this right here in Portland. Well, the if gathering was something that we caught wind of last year when they when they had their first gathering of women from across the country and and we had our hearts to be involved because their their ministry is so closely aligned with for the joy of it. Their desire is to bring women from all different ages, races, stages and seasons of life together under the umbrella of chasing after the heart of Christ. And so when we saw this, we thought this is something that we can actually be part of. And the founder of the If Gathering is actually Jeannie Allen, and we did one of her studies. And they they did something unique in the study. They um, do these things called share cards, which when you get women together, women feel like we have to be perfect when you get women together, we start comparing ourselves. We start comparing, you homeschool your kids. Oh, mine go to public school. Mine go to private. I mean, we compare the food we eat. We compare our husbands. We compare our clothes and our hair and our shoes and our performance. And so this whole idea of coming together um, and breaking down the barriers of perfection, uh, we saw it in real life in our own Bible city groups. And so now we get to have this whole city of women come together and be real honest and vulnerable with each other. And that's where we feel like um, the word of God really turns loose in our hearts and allows us to live differently. And so we're really excited to be part of the if gathering in our city. So in this women's Bible study that you work with for all these years, have you found that there's an ideal size for you, which maybe not for everyone, but for you when it comes to, number of women you have joining you so you can get more engaged with each other and more honest and transparent past just the exterior Portland nice scenario we were talking about before? You know what? I honestly think it's the Lord who orchestrates the perfect number. And so when we come together, I think what really matters are the small groups. You can have a large group of women where we we meet corporately, but if you break down into the smaller groups, it's really all about building up the leadership team because when the leaders, when we are filled as women, we then have the capacity to pour into other women. And so our heartbeat is really to build women up with the purpose of equipping them to be able to pour out to the others that the Lord places in their lives. And we have seen our leadership team mm. flourish and do just some amazing stuff out of relationships, these beautiful relationships. And I'm talking like we have a woman who's in her 70s, and, and, and we had a woman in the same group who was in her early 20s. And to see them come together and share their life experiences and encourage one another. I mean, the young one like built up the, the woman who was in her 70s and vice versa. And it's just a beautiful picture of relationships. So I think it's our intentional relationships. And so the the size of the group doesn't matter as long as you piece it out into bite-sized pieces or relationships. Joy Roberts, one of the things I love about your ministry, for the joy of it, is the fact that the three of you, outside of wearing the appearance very well and being in the world yet not of it, and knowing that that's okay, you're diverse. A lot of the groups I've been with over the years, like, say, men's groups I've had, 
when we were 20 something and single or stupid or just married and no kids yet, we would get together maybe once a week, go to a diner, go out for wings. So how does your, how was your week? Oh, it stunk. I'm sorry. I'll pray for you. Let's eat wings. All right. But there wasn't anything to glean from because we were all in the exact same boat, whereas the three of you are fairly diverse in your stages of life. So could you explain where you are right now and what that brings to the other women of For the Joy of It? Well, Mike, I think that's a great point because we love diversity amongst us and we feel like that that makes us a better team and able to relate to a variety of women at different seasons of life. But my, I have teenage boys, Lori, you have college, a college son and, and married on up and, and Julie's got younger, younger children. And so we definitely span the seasons of life. I think we span a vast difference of experiences. Like we were talking on the way over here. I am a hick from the sticks. <laughs> you would, I mean, look at me. Am I not cute or what? You are cute. <laughs> you are cute. You are cute. cute. Okay. Cute. You would never guess that I grew up in a town with 200 people and that my graduating high school only had nine students graduating well, that year. Was that Sodaville or something or one no. of those really obscure places on the map? It, it is very obscure. It is very obscure. It's on the base of Mount Adams. It's extremely beautiful. Um, I had a great education. Um, a great experience with a lot of highs and lows going through high school. It was a very small high school, only 25 students in the entire high school. And so um, you contrast that with Julie. Julie, where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in the Bay Area of California, and I attended what was considered a small high school for the Bay Area, about 1,000 kids um, in my high school, about 300 in my graduating class. And you know, I think one thing that struck me last week when we were talking about, you know, our diversity and, and sharing who we are and our stories is I, I was just so blessed because Joy looked at me and she said, Julie, you get to be there and you get to stay in the microphone. I grew up with a great family. I grew up with two loving parents who are still married today. And I grew up with a brother who I have a great relationship with. And we still hit challenges, but it was surrounded by love. And and so we're different in that, you know, your growing up experience, Joy, was much different than mine. But we can come together without comparison and feeling like we don't need to be perfect because we're enough different. If, I don't know if that, you know, anyway. It's this whole idea of that I get to be me and you get to be you. And so we have freedom in being ourselves. And, and I definitely didn't have the most pristine upbringing. Um, my mom had passed away when I was four. Um, in a tragic car accident, and I, w- I was raised without a mother for many years, and then I ended up um, being in more of a, well, it was an abusive situation, and so um, by the grace of God, I, I had freedom from that, And but the ramifications of growing up in those circumstances played out in my old, early adult life, and it is only the grace of God that I actually stand here before you today and am not in this complete and utter pit of despair, trapped into the circumstances that I was raised in and and grew up in. And so I definitely believe in freedom. I believe in in the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And and I believe that the way we are today does not have to define the way we are tomorrow if we are in the process of allowing the Lord to change us and transform us. And so the diversity comes from a perspective in that I get to speak to a completely different group of women than Julie does based on her upbringing, um, based on my life experiences. And and I can honestly say that anything that you like about me comes from those hard and difficult places. It was forged out of um, difficulty, and yet that's how the Lord works. 
He takes the hard things and he turns it into something beautiful. It's real tough to see these things as joyful when we're going through these big tragedies or adversities in our lives that God's drawing us through for reasons we might not know till we get to heaven. So, Lori, have you learned anything from these young bucks here? Absolutely. It, it's such a blast to do things together because I, I am the older one, which is why it's all about the hair. <laughs> and like we started, you know, I think that's what's so fun. We, we glean from each other. There's never a moment that, that I'm, I'm, the end, I'm, I'm on the end of wisdom um, because I, I get as much from them every single day that they would say they get from me. Um, I've, I definitely have the older kids. My oldest is 30 and my, I have a married, a daughter that's in her twenties that's married and a son that's in college. Um, and my husband and I lead young marrieds and we're, I'm, my heart is all for marriage, but we talk about things all the time and we encourage each other. And I mean, like I shared the story of, of joy grabbing me by the bootstraps and encouraging me the other day. Um, my son was in a car accident down in California and he was okay, but the car was totaled and I was emotional and feeling just just terrified by the news when they called us to tell us that the car was, you know, completely beyond repair. And I called Julie up and I said, Julie, I'm just, and I couldn't even speak. I said, I'm just feeling emotional. Everybody's okay. It's fine. And this was, you know, a couple of days after the accident. I said, I just got the information from the insurance, what was going on. And, and she goes, it's okay. Just cry for a minute. And so I cried and then I was fine. And, she, you know, and she couldn't understand me as I was talking, but she knew I was okay. And that's, Again, it's just about the relationships. When we talked about our Bible study women, it's about the relationships that we have with each other. It's not about the age. Um, and I'm kind of concerned that we're talking about my age because I'm really well, not that much older than y'all. And I yeah. think it's accountability, Mike. <laughs> I think that our relationship and our friendship creates accountability in our walk and with what we're called to do. And mm-hmm. so uh, we, we keep ourselves in step and mm-hmm. in check with each other. And for the joy of it, that is the heartbeat of it, that we as women would build women up. I mean, just to know that we are for each other and not against Mm -hmm. each other, that we as a body of Christ are sharp iron sharpening iron. And our intention is is to encourage instead of tear down. And I think as women, we can get caught in that cycle of tearing tearing others down. Um, I think that comes a bit naturally. Because we we have we often have that. Okay, get back in their attitude and fight for this, or get back in their attitude and and do this, and it, and it's with that encouraging, uniting. Again, I don't want to use those words over and over, uniting, building up, but that's always the attitude because ministry is hard. People that are in ministry or people that are in in this kind of culture, it's tiring. And you look around and they're tired. When we were at that conference in Atlanta, mm-hmm. we've talked about that before. We were surrounded by, Julie, how many? 10,000 people? 14,000. Four, okay, 14,000 people. And there was one point where they asked, and we were we were definitely the minority. There was mostly men there. It was, and you know we're just, again, being women, we were the minority. And we looked around and they asked, um, and it was all ministry leaders. They asked for them to anyone to stand up that needed prayer, and it was such a powerful moment when we saw all these men standing up, weeping because they were tired and they were burned out, and we just got to stand up and pray for each other. And it was it was kind of in that moment that we thought we really need each other. Not just the three of us need each other, but we need each other as believers in Christ that we can just build each other up and pray for each other and support each other in in all of our ministries and as the body of Christ. It's tough to disarm ourselves to say it's okay mm. to not be perfect mm. or have all of our ducks in a row and to be able to 
go with someone and share our weaknesses and ask them to pray or support us and, and know that it's okay? Yeah, because there's, you know what, I think when you look at us, unfortunately, there is an, a tone that says, boy, you guys look like you have it all together. And not, there's not anything about any one of our stories that's altogether perfect. Every one of us has a story. And every one of the women that comes to any one of our events or our Bible study has a story. And it is never an altogether perfect story. And, and we can share these stories with each other at the IF Gathering coming to Westside Christian. High School in Tigard off of 99W and 217, Friday, February 6th, and Saturday, February 7th, with more information at the website joyofit.org. More with For the Joy of It on Difference Makers next on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800 with For the Joy of It, Joy Roberts, Lori Sheffield, and Julie Widman. Coming soon in a new radio ministry on KPDQ called For the Joy of It. And we were speaking earlier on about the need to strive for perfection and how that fallacy can really throw us off sometimes. So I guess I'll go with founder Joy Roberts. What are your thoughts on this? I think as women, and and we see this over and over, that we as women struggle with this idea of perfection. And and the thing is, we as women want to be perfect, and we want to be perfect in every single area of our life. We don't just want to be perfect moms or perfect in our careers. I mean, we want to be perfect athletes. I mean, the entire gamut. And so I think it's something that, that can easily trip us up, and I think each of us individually has experienced that. And the reality is, is that perfection is an illusion. We have been working and serving and around women for a very long time. And I have to tell you, I honestly have never met a perfect woman. And I don't mean that to throw that out there like that's, oh, something discouraging or down or Debbie. It's more of the fact that that. Perfection is something that we attain over time. The Apostle Paul doesn't say be perfect. He says aim for perfection. And I think as women, we have wildly imperfect moments in our life, and we have wildly perfect moments in our life. And and we're all in this process of being shaped and refined. And so the Lord takes our highs and our lows and everything in between. And out of that, we become the remarkable women that God designed and created us to be. But it's a process, and it's not a perfect process, but that's the beautiful piece of it. And everybody looks good on Sunday, all dressed up and your mm-hmm. hair in place, especially yep. if you don't put your headphones over the top of your head like <laughs> Lori Shevlin here does. But how do you prevent yourself from getting too high in the high moments and too low in the low moments. You know, we talked about that in the car on the way here, how we were just talking about that, not hanging on to those high moments, how just being okay in the peaceful moments when God is in the tiny details and absorbing those and feeling good about those. We had a situation in our life where we knew that God was in the the small, gentle, peaceful stuff and treasuring those and being excited about that. And you have to you have to get to a place where you can feel good about that, which is really I mean, I know it sounds silly and again not branding ourselves too much, but but saying, you know, for the joy of it, we have to be doing everything that we're doing for the joy of how much God just loves us and being good with that. Because otherwise, you're constantly waiting and you're seeking, and you might start seeking the wrong things. Um, I think you talked about that in your last in your last talk when you were talking about um, seeking, you know, better education, better a better job, a better. You're, you're always looking for something better, a better man, a better woman. You know, you're seeking the wrong stuff if you're looking for the highs. Well, I think we all strive all the time. Mm-hmm. We're striving and striving. It's like a hamster on one of those treadmills. It's mm-hmm. like we're striving for perfection or striving to be remarkable. And 
I think that only when we come to a place where we can recognize that we can't do it on our own. It's not going to be by our might that we can become perfect or become remarkable, but it's only through his power in us that working through us. And that the only way we can unleash that into our lives is know more about who he is so we can be a reflection of Christ. I was, uh, this is kind of a funny story. I was praying with my 13-year-old the other night as he was heading to bed, and, and he was talking about things that he was really working on and, and trying to be better on, and he, it, there was this whole idea of striving. And and so I shared with him this story. Um, I have a good friend of mine. Her name is Julie Widman, and um, she got me into this crazy thing called CrossFit. And I went to this CrossFit class, and they're having you do pull-ups. I mean, this is like the craziest thing ever. And and I'm on this pull-up bar trying to do these pull-ups and and I'm jumping a little and then like straining and like working and I can't even get my chin up over the bar and I'm like 150% effort. And so the coach comes over to me and he says, Joy, you can't do that anymore. He said, you can't do that anymore. He said, you're going to get this this terrible condition rhabdo, called rhabdo, rhabdo mm-hmm. and, and you're going to burn your muscles out and you could have a massive heart attack and die. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And he said, look, I have this band over here. And so he had this bar and he had this long, think of it like a stretchy rubber band. And he pulled it down and he put my feet in the band. And he said, now I want you to do these pull-ups. And so then I began to do these pull-ups and this band like like sprung me up and I could bounce up and down over this pull-up bar. And so I was telling my son that when we have Christ in our life, when we have the Holy Spirit at work in us and through us, it's like our band. It gives us the capacity to do far more than we could ever achieve on our own. And my son was like, Mom, that's really good. He's like, that's good stuff. That's a, that's like a good picture of how we don't have to strive in the way that we do without Christ. So how do you put aside what we see in the media, or what our kids see, more importantly, in the media, that give them that performance mentality? How do you negate that? I think, first of all, you have to recognize it. You have to recognize that it's out there and that the world is constantly defining us. It's trying to define how we look, how we dress, what we say, how we live, what our house looks like, what our cars look like, what what their socks look like, what their shoes look like, what team they make, what team they didn't make. And so I think recognizing that our identity does not and our self-worth does not come from our achievement, our external achievements. Um, I, I've been a track coach for for many years, and I have a mantra, and it's called attitude and effort. If you give a hundred percent attitude, positive attitude, and a hundred percent effort, you cannot lose. In fact, my kids are uh, really into sports, and so if they lose a basketball game, but they gave a hundred percent in attitude and effort, that's how you lose and still win. And on the flip side, you can win a game and be a poor sportsman and conduct yourself poorly, and you can win and yet still lose. And so I think our our idea of perfection has to be um, based on the capacity that Christ has given us. I love the fact that you've got kids of varying ages from kindergarten all the way up to adulthood. So, and you seem like good moms from the exterior, at least. Can you, can you show us something that God revealed to you through your own parenting experiences? I'm going to lead off with you, Julie, because you've got the youngest ones. Because I have the look of, oh my goodness, I can't believe he's going to ask me to share that. I think that, I think that early on with parenting, I realized that there was a lot of surrendering that had to happen. I, 
I went through some hard times as a as a mom with young kids, probably like all parents go through. But uh, it was only at that place where I realized I had to surrender it to the Lord to just take my hands of control because you know I was buying all the parenting books of how to get them to sleep and then how to how to discipline correctly. And I I looked at my bookshelf and I saw that I had. 25, you know, self-help books on parenting or sleeping or discipline and spank, don't spank, every everything under the sun out there in terms of trying to figure out how to do this. And really the only way that I could figure out how to do this was to just let go and surrender. And and really from that point on, I'm not saying that there weren't great coping strategies and fabulous suggestions in some of those books because there were. However, my whole mindset changed. My mindset changed on parenting. And so I still have hard times. Sometimes my child in kindergarten won't get out of the car and he he just is in the car and he won't get out of the car and I'm in car line. I'm locking people left and right and I'm, you know, that that sweat starts happening, your face is getting red because you're embarrassed because your child won't get out of the car and you feel like the bad mom being like, get out of the car and and you don't know, do I do I love or do I discipline? And it's hard. But at the end of the day, if your mindset is that Christ has this and God has it, and so the word I have is surrender. It's a long answer, huh? I was sitting in the car with with Julie and her son Dan the other day and, and I just have to say Julie is a spectacular mom. She's not perfect. She doesn't have to be perfect, but she is a spectacular mom. And so I'm sitting in the car with her, and and we're waiting to head into this meeting with her children, which how amazing is that? And her son, Dan, is taking her hair and, like, twisting it in his fingers. And I literally teared up because I am like, he loves her, and she loves him. And so I think as, as moms, if there's one thing that we can do, really well that is love our children endlessly the the best teacher my child ever had was somebody who was high on the love scale and high on the discipline scale she had high boundaries but she had an immense amount of love and i think kids respond so much to that i um I have a, an amazing dad. I really love my dad to the ends of the earth. And, and he called me, this is probably a decade ago, and he was really emotional. And and what he said to me is, Joy, I just want to tell you I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything that happened in your life and everything that unfolded. And he said, if I could go back, I would have done it differently. But I want you to know I love you. And I got to say to my dad, Dad, I said, I want you to know when I look back on my life with you, all I see are the good things. All I see are the beautiful things. And I know that you have loved me. And mm-hmm. and Dad, why I can say that is because you did the best you could with the information you had at that time. And as moms, I feel like we have that same freedom. We are giving the best we have with the knowledge and information that we have today. And so I think we can have freedom and resting in that. I love the fact that you share that with us, Joy Roberts, mother of teenagers. We're going to go with uh, Lori Sheffield next. Can you tell us how you were able to convince your kids that it was okay not to be perfect? Hmm. I have three perfect children, so I, <laughs> I don't know that I can do that. And now I have a great son-in-law that's also perfect, so I don't know that I can tell you that. I, You know what? Joy just sums up really well. Love them with all you've got. I wanted to be a mom early on, and I and I didn't come from a great home, great examples, and I knew that I just was going to love them to, with, just with all that I had, and that really was it. Um I don't know what else to say. I mean, you just love them through the good stuff and the bad stuff. And, and we haven't had a lot of bad stuff because we just loved them with all we had. 
and I have a great husband, and we did it together. And I think that really is the key. You know, we we have a great marriage, and we've we've always made that the priority. And I think doing that as a team was probably the biggest deal. And the kids knew that that was our priority. You know, he and I first and them second. And I even heard my my daughter say that one day, oh, mom and dad are going to team up on us against us with this. And I thought, oh, and I took pride in that. I mean, that made me excited because I thought, yeah, they know that we're, we're in this together. And so I think that was really kind of the big thing for them. And, and again, we have, we do have really great kids and I have a great relationship with all three of them. And I love that. And I'm really proud of that. Lori Sheffield, Julie Whitman, and Joy Roberts are coming to KPDQ with their own radio ministry for the joy of it. And up next, if God is real, then what? You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thank you so much for joining us today on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with Joy Roberts, Lori Sheffield, and Julie Whitman coming to KPDQ with their own radio ministry soon called For the Joy of It. So, Julie, tell us about what's going on and uh, the if gathering ask questions like, if God is real, then what? How did that strike you in particular? Well, I just feel like that question is huge. I think every time you flip through the Bible and you come to a scripture and you read it and it's profound, I think you ask yourself, if this is real, then what does it mean in our lives, in my life specifically? And so if God is real, it changes everything. It changes the way we talk to each other. It changes our marriages, our families, our interactions with friends and and new acquaintances. And, you know, the if gathering is really about taking that question, if God is real, then we need to come together as the body of Christ to support each other and dig deeper into his word so that we know more about him. And so we're looking forward to just linking arms with the body of Christ next weekend and coming together under one roof, representing lots of different bodies, lots of different churches, and uh, coming together with the with the intention of saying, hey, if God's real in your life, then what does that mean? And how is it helping you to live differently on a daily basis? Lori Sheffield, is there anyone out there in particular you would love to see come to the IF gathering in particular? Well, you know, I what our favorite thing about what we get to do as the joy of it is bring women from all different churches, all different bodies together. Because again, I, I'm, I love the idea of one body, one spirit. And so our goal is we want ministry leaders, we want women from, from all over to come because we want you to we want churches to quit holding everybody else at arm's length. We want to say, we're for you, not against you. And we want other churches to say, we're for you, not against you. We want to be together. And so, um, I mean, I have a good friend, Pam Lau, who is a as an author and a speaker, and she's got a new book out um, called A Friend in Me. That she's Her goal when she wrote that was, you know, uniting the next generation and making the next generation feel comfortable. And that's kind of our heartbeat there, too. And, and we want other women to see that, that we want want different churches to know that we want them to promote their ministries and their their things that they have going on, their events, not just our event. I just have a a quick sweet story about our pastor, Jim Andrews, because it it pertains to this. When we first started with this idea of For the Joy of It, it was new, new in our hearts and laid on our hearts quickly by the Lord, and it just started to take shape. And Mm -hmm. one afternoon, Jim brought us into his office, and he said, I just want to understand more about it. And we only had a quick 
point in time to talk a little bit with him about it, maybe five to 10 minutes. And then he had to run off and we ran off and, and we got an email and he said, I want, I want to meet back with you tomorrow and talk about this. And, you know, when you get an email from your head pastor and when you get an email from Jim Anders, you're thinking, oh my goodness, what did we do wrong? What's going on? And we came into his office the next morning with his wife, Olsi, and they sat us down and 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 honestly, I, I was brought to tears because they had gone home and spent the evening, I'm imagining over dinner or whatever, and they were talking about how they could help us make For the Joy of It happen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their ideas and suggestions we had already had in place, but we hadn't had a chance to talk to them about it. But it was just this picture of our pastor being for us mm-hmm. and our pastor saying, I believe in what you're doing. I believe in mission. And we were actually willing to make sacrifices to make this happen. And, and we were saying, well, no, no, you don't need to do that. It's okay. We love you. And and it was just such a nice thing. And so we are for the church. The joy of it is for the church. We've risen kind of from the church and from Pastor Andrews. And we're really just excited to see churches link arms and stop operating in silos. Because we want women to come into church where our goal isn't to be outside the church and build our own church. We, that, In fact, that's completely the opposite of what we're trying to do. We love church. We love our church. We love your church. You know, we want women to feel good coming. A lot of women have been wounded by the church. And so we want to offer places where women can come in, talk about God, where it's a safe place, and maybe feel good about going into another church again. Maybe feel safe making relationships with women all, from all over the city, from different churches. If you're from Wilsonville, then you can say, hey, what church do you go to out there? What, you know, could I come with you? So they have a, someone to go sit with or someone to know. You know, where are you from? Lake Oswego. Where are you from Portland? And so we're all about that, where we want them to hear God's words. We want to find places and ministries where women can feel connected and plugged in, where they can know each other, where we can all be wearing shirts that look familiar, kind of. You know, we're not literally, we're not going to hand out shirts, but where we can look the same. So I. For the Joy of It, one of the key pieces of the For the Joy of It ministry is actually to be a platform where all the activity of Christ is listed in one place. So it's kind of like a hub. And so this is in the works. This is in the process. We have a template. It's on the website, and and we're just getting it up and functioning. But so all Christian, Christ-based, Christ-centered activity can be listed on this website. And our heart is to promote the activity of Christ, to go out and market, if you would, that's kind of like a corporate word, but for lack of a better term, to market the activity of Christ in our city for the purpose of growing the body of Christ. And I'm talking about the corporate body of Christ, because when the corporate body of Christ grows, our individual church bodies thrive. And so we want that for our city. We want that for the city of Portland and and all its... um, outside uh, areas. And and so that's really the desire of our church is, or our hearts is to build up the corporate church. Mm -hmm. And you're continuing efforts to unite women and build them up for Christ to live in joy Mm -hmm. is what you have going for Mm -hmm. you. Because that builds up marriages, that builds up families, that builds up communities, that builds up schools, that builds up cities. All, you know, all of that just overflows into the next thing. So for the woman who's hearing us right now, but doubting us. Oh, those three have it all together. Look, they're pretty. They've got all their ducks in a row. They've got great marriages and homes and kids and things like that. What would you tell them? You don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me. And you don't know me. <laughs> I, I had a friend, um, this was many years ago, and I thought she was perfect. She had the perfect car, the perfect house, the perfect husband. And, and it took many years to get beyond that surface layer of knowing that, that she wasn't perfect, that, that her marriage wasn't 
100% perfect. Her home wasn't always perfect. And so um, Julie has this great story, and I don't know if you want to wrap us up with that, but that has been so impactful on the lives of women in in having a perspective of nobody's perfect. Well, I think I had a, a good friend who would host Bible study, and you go over to her house, and oh my goodness, she had two little kids, and everything was put away, and it's, I'd walk into her house and I would I would start to feel worse about who I was because her house was so spotless and perfect. There wasn't a toy. You couldn't see anything. And so I was with this Bible study for about six months. And then one time I needed to go to the bathroom and someone was in the downstairs bathroom and she said, oh, okay, well, you, you can go upstairs and use my bathroom. And as I go upstairs, I start to see the piles <laughs> of things in different corners of her house. And I, I went to the bathroom and I realized that she was real. And I went down and I literally hugged her. And I said, I feel like I know you so much more. We can now be friends, like real friends, because you have an upstairs. And so... I don't want to just be downstairs friends with people. I want to be upstairs friends with hmm. people. I want to open up our houses. And and so, of course, downstairs, our life looks good. If you if you saw me to that woman sitting out there, if you saw me, you'd say, yeah, she's a downstairs girl. I, I, I can kind of guess what she must be like. But once we get to know each other and uncover the onion, you realize I've got stuff upstairs and downstairs and we're real. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. It's okay. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. So, Joy Roberts, uh, we were talking about the IF Gathering coming to Westside Christian High School in Tigard. That's off 99W and 217 next weekend, Friday the 6th and Saturday the 7th, with more information at joyofit.org. And I love the fact that the three of you go so far out of your way to go beyond notializing and beyond simply Portland nice to really delve into each other's lives. So, is there something you'd like to share with our female listeners in particular about the IF Gathering and why it's so important to just take a look at For the Joy of It. I just want to invite every woman to come, come ready to be real, to be honest, to be vulnerable, and to be changed. I I just believe in the depths of my soul that we're going to walk away from this weekend different because our God is that good. Joy Roberts and Lori Shelley Whitman, thank you so much for joining us here today from For the Joy of It, coming soon with their own radio ministry on KPDQ. And if you'd like more information on that IF Gathering, It's coming to Westside Christian High School in Tiger. Check out the website, joyofit.org. That's joyofit.org. And thank you so much for joining Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.